0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tightwad Tech, episode 129, CBIT, recorded March 25th, 2013, and brought to you by Element OP Productions, elementop.com. This week, we have a special guest with us to talk about uh, Europe's largest tech show, or so they say. It's My understanding of it is that it's the European version of the uh, Consumer Electronics Show here in the US. And um, that listener, uh, that uh, guest, rather, is uh, a listener to our show. He in the forum, you might know him as Wiz Ace. Uh, we know him as uh, Benjamin Hussle. Hussle. So close. I almost got it right. Hussle, right? Right. Hussle. Benjamin Hussle. Uh, he is uh, um, right now um, sitting in the dark in Eastern Europe. It is what, about 3 a.m. your time, right? Yeah, uh, two a.m. Two a.m. Right. Two
1: a.m. We so, are in, in Western Europe.
0: Western Europe. Sorry. Yeah. See. Okay. Uh, no problem. I just messed up every way I could mess that up, but that's okay. We all know Americans are ignorant of geography. There's there's the U.S. and there's everybody else. Um, that's the way we see things. Uh, but anyway, uh, uh, Benjamin is a listener to the show. Imagine that. We actually have a couple of those, um, and he uh, sent me an email and said, are you going to do any coverage of CBIT? And I said, what is CBIT? And he said, well, I'll tell you, I'm going. And so he went and uh, sent me back lots of email uh, links and pictures and videos. And I said, you know, this is too much to do for me to just cover, especially since I have no idea what I'm talking about. Why don't you come on the show? And so he said, I'm game for that. I'll get up in the middle of the night and I'll do a show with you. So welcome, Benjamin, to the Tightwad Tech Podcast. Yeah, thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here. Oh yeah, and Sean's here too. Hi, Sean.
2: Hey, yeah, I'm like a, you know a rock. I'm just over here in the corner, <laughs> <laughs> always here, <laughs> except for when I'm not.
0: <laughs> yes, but when are you here on time? Let's talk about that.
2: Hey, hey I've been I've been doing pretty good on the whole on time thing. Well, so for for you,
0: yes, hey, yeah, uh,
2: it's uh, all relative. I was I was on at eight, like I was supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> but you weren't ready to go you were here oh no well that <laughs> oh that yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so what's going on in your life sean what's what's new this week
2: man well you know uh well first off i guess i should start by saying that uh uh last week was just a nightmare you know we have uh in in the education world if you're not working in education and listening to the show, uh, we have this thing called Spring Break every year. And uh, so we get a whole week off, and that's all fine and dandy until you come back from Spring Break and all of your VMs have decided to throw up. Uh, And that's what last week was. Last week was trying to put the throw up back.
0: (laughs) 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 That's not a visual... Any of us wanted? No,
2: no. But that's pretty much the way it felt. Uh, and you know, it's it's funny, Mark. And I guess without getting into too much detail, because I guess I could rant on for an entire show about this, but uh, it's really odd because it seemed like anything that was running any kind of a, a SQL or MySQL server uh, or database just uh, had a problem. Um. And and, and so that's really, that's just the really odd thing is that that seems to be the common thread that any of my servers that were really uh, reliant on a database like that uh, have had some sort of problem. And uh, for the most part, I've managed to piece it all back together uh, with the exception of like my Moodle server. Um,
0: And you know, that's not important. That's only the single point of sign on for your entire district.
2: Right, which it no longer is at this point. (laughs) So, yeah, we're, uh, we, we had to get away from that as, as far as, uh, uh, SSO. And, uh, and right now we're, we're not using anything. We're not using a go between. So everybody's just having to use a static, uh, uh, password to get into their Gmail and Google Docs and everything. And, uh, thank you, Mark. Actually, Mark, uh, stayed up late after we finished the show last week. And uh helped me figure all that out, and we at least got it up so that people could get into their email um so Mark, thank you very much.
0: you're welcome. I, it's, I my- still remember a few passwords
2: right <laughs> so uh so yeah, last week was just a nightmare, kind of a blur and uh uh this week, okay, not too bad. uh I will say this, and Mark, I don't know if you ever experienced this living in a small town, but uh small towns have very old uh water systems. Indeed. Yeah. You know, all the, all the piping that's going down the roads was like put in, in, you know, 1903. And, uh, so I'm driving home from work today and we see this big plume of black smoke, you know, and, it, and it, me and the kids were in the car driving home and we're like, that's over by our house. And so, you know, the kids are six and two and, uh, they're enamored of, uh, you know, bright, shiny red. Fire trucks with with the lights and everything. So I said, "Well, uh, I'll see how close I can get us so we can look." So we drove by the fire, and unfortunately, it was one of those uh, one of those old, probably hundred year old homes that uh, had just burned to the ground. And uh, you know, the fire departments out there working with that. Well, uh, a a consequence of action like that in your neighborhood in an old town, and Mark, you might know where I'm going with this. It's when it comes to bath time. <laughs> So, so I get the kids, I get the kids, uh, you know, uh, I'm getting them ready for the bath. They're undressed. I actually get the water going, make sure the temperature is good and put my son in there and go in to check on my daughter. And then I hear my son like shrieking and I walk into a bathtub that's about half full of just murky reddish brown water.
0: <laughs> Cause they used all the water trying to put the fire out.
2: Well, yeah it, I guess it's something about you know when they when they they you know tie into the the main lines or whatever it just seems to churn up. i don't know if it's the rust in the bottom of the pipes or something uh, but it, it's just one of those things that when the fire department is in your your area uh you can be kind of you can rest assured that you're going to have brown water that evening so uh so we had to forego baths yeah. tonight, which the kids didn't mind a bit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the, the little town I grew up in—just uh, to, to share a bad water story for you—it um, was not uncommon to draw a bath and not be able to see the bottom of the tub. That was a, that's a that was a regular occurrence. We used to uh, go to the store and get bottled water so that we could do laundry. Otherwise, the clothes would come out dirtier than they went in. But the city officials said it's clean, it's safe to drink, it won't kill you. <laughs> That's good news, Inspector. Thank you.
2: Right, right. (laughs) Not instantly. (laughs) What was that, Benjamin? Not
0: instantly. Yeah, not (laughs) instantly. It'll take some (laughs) time.
2: (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, that said, uh, it's Monday. uh, We have brown water. And yet the beginning of this week is so much better than last.
0: (laughs) 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 Neighbors' house burned down, but still things are looking up.
2: Right, right. Uh, So, Mark, uh, this next item we were uh, we were sort of talking about before we got started, and I am very, extremely loosely notified of this, so I wanted to get your take on it. Uh, The way I had this presented to me was that uh, Google is trying to do away with RSS. So, uh, fill me in correctly. All right. All right, so let's back up.
0: Let me put on my gray beard and tell you just a little bit what what is RSS and how it came to be. Uh, Essentially, RSS is a file that you put on your um, web. If you've subscribed to this podcast in any way, you did it via RSS, whether you realize it or not. iTunes is built around RSS. Um, It has meant a number of things over the years. Uh, The final backwards uh, acronym was really simple syndication. Basically, you put a file up on your uh, server and news readers ping that file periodically. When it changes, they download the changes and say, Hi, you've got new stuff. So that's the way your device downloads our podcast each week. Um, Google comes along and uh, creates Google Reader which was a web-based um, RSS reader. All right, so there are still lots of desktop uh, RSS readers. Again, you all have one in iTunes uh, or in whatever tool you use to download the podcast. Uh, those are RSS readers. But Google came along and said, let's just sort of centralize this. They didn't really intend to do that, I don't think. It just kind of came about. So many people were using Google Reader that it became less necessary for everybody to ping the individual website to say, hey, has a file changed? They could just ping Google Reader, because Google was always crawling it anyway. Um, and so, uh, as more and more people use Google Readers, their numbers, you know, in the hundreds of thousands, then the millions, um, they released an API. And other services started now, instead of pinging the original website, for example, elementop.com, they would ping Google Reader, because Google Reader was already indexing that stuff anyway. It just became more efficient. Well, last Monday or Tuesday, I forget what it is. I log into Google Reader and it says, "Oh, by the way, we're shutting this thing down. You've got till July first to get your crap off our servers. We're done with you um and there was a great disturbance in the force, like millions of voices suddenly crying out and being silenced um, <laughs> because there there are a lot of people now Google said it it wasn't um it wasn't enough people to make it worthwhile essentially they they literally according to their blog post had no one working on google reader nobody and a couple weeks ago it broke and they had nobody to fix it nobody knew the code base nobody was working on it so they had to go pull somebody off some other project to fix google reader and then when that happened they kind of went you know maybe it's time to dump this thing um and so Many of us went scrambling looking for a different RSS reader. I use Google Reader every day, many times a day, uh, and there are lots of reasons to use Google Reader. For example, if you, I, I discovered, um, and as did many people, that if I want to get better Google search results for my stuff, I should subscribe to my own stuff in Google Reader. Now Google Reader is aware of my page and is crawling it, and as soon as it sees something new, it throws it up on the search engine too. So lots of people were using Google Reader subscriptions as a way to optimize their own feeds. So when Google says we're going to take Reader away, not only are they crushing those of us who use it every day, there's this big chunk of Internet backbone uh, that has gone away. It's sort of like the, the coral reefs that spring up around a boat Eventually, they just dissolve the boat, and it's just a reef in the shape of the boat. That's kind of what happened. Everything sort of glommed on to Google Reader, and now the infrastructure is being taken away, and we have no idea what to do next. So there are a lot of people scrambling for replacements. The one I have chosen for the moment is called The Old Reader. Back a few months ago, maybe a year ago, Google Reader took out a lot of features uh, for social, like sharing, that sort of stuff uh, in an encouragement, in an effort to encourage people to use Google+. So when that happened, the, the people at the old reader um, de- uh, reverse engineered the, the uh, RSS, the, the, excuse me, the, the Google um, reader APIs as much as possible and sort of recreated it. So I checked it out. It's pretty good. It's very minimalistic. It's very Google-esque. So I exported my feeds from Google Reader uh, and put it in their import queue. I'm currently currently user 25,986 in their import queue. And they're roving at an average of three to four queues a day. So sometime in the year 2037, I will be able to really tell you whether the old reader is a successful replacement Uh, to google reader um but anyway that's that's sort of the the long and the short of why google reader is going away and why millions of geeks are bothered by that
2: okay and that explains why there was kind of the way i was getting it is like they were killing rss rss but really what they were doing is they were kind of putting a significant hurt on it just because of that backbone that they built up around it right
0: rss is still fine it's still out there uh, it's just that google had short of sort of sort of short-circuited rss f- to the betterment of everybody uh and now they're taking that away and of course I, there have been a call a few calls for just open source it hey google you're not using it anymore open source it but it is so tightly integrated with their search graph that there's no way they could do that they'd be giving away the farm if they did that so right. uh, The folks at Dig said they are going to build a replacement. A lot of people have recommended Feedly.com. I don't like Feedly. I tried it, and there's a couple of reasons I don't like it. One thing, it's not a website. It's a plug-in. So you got to have it in every browser. You can't just go to the website from anywhere and look at it. And secondly, it's too pretty. It's too magazine-esque. Everything is presented in this light box, fancy graphic. I don't want that. I just want to be able to read the headline, decide whether I want to read the article or not, and move on. I'm not interested in pretty.
2: I want efficient. They get up and take your walker and That's move right. to the other room. Get
0: off my lawn! <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> yep, we are quickly becoming that, Mark. Yeah.
0: And and it's not just geeks who are bothered by this, but journalists, too, who use Google Reader to keep up with hundreds or thousands of news sites. Uh, you know, if your job is uh, at Boing Boeing uh, and your job is to to report on the news first, uh, it's important to you to be able to keep up with things. And now instead of having one source, they're gonna have to go out and subscribe to thousands of sources. So it's a big deal. Um and people are rightly bothered by it. But, you know, Google never made us a promise that it would be around forever. So I'm not mad at them. I'm just frustrated by the situation.
2: Amen. Amen. And uh I'm certain that that's not the only situation that you might be frustrated by today. Since (laughs) since you're ranting, I mean, let let's let's keep you rolling.
0: I I just wanted to, uh, you know, do a service to the internet and let you know that, by the way, Comcast still sucks. So, uh, (laughs) you know, in case you were wondering, they have not learned to do well anything right. Um, I I I never had Comcast television. I just bought their internet package, Xfinity, nothing more. For the past four months, every time my bill comes, including today, which is why I'm mad about it right now, there's been a charge for television on it, $15.98. I don't have television. I don't, have a, I don't even have a cable box. I couldn't hook up cable to my TV if I wanted to. But they keep charging me for it. And Each month I call them back and they say, oh, yeah, we'll fix that, and they don't. So tonight I called them up and said, okay, I'm done with this. I just, I'm just going to cancel the service. AT&T has been begging me to use their service. I can get screwed by them just as easily as I can get screwed by Comcast. So, so I'll try that. Um, literally, one hour and 45 minutes into the phone call, they yeah. hung up on me.
2: Oh. Yeah.
0: Thank you, Comcast, wow. for still sucking. Some things, you know... Uh, some things in the world you can still count on. Google Reader is not necessarily one of those things, but you can still count on the fact that Comcast sucks. Thank you, Comcast, for, for being my rock in an unstable world.
2: <laughs> oh, lovely, lovely. Hey, I, I have to say, you know, and I only use their internet service, but uh, I, I'm actually kind of happy with AT&T and the whole U-verse. It's working for me.
0: <sighs> yeah, we'll see. I'm sure I'll be ranting about them. And so, if we miss some shows coming up, it's probably because I don't have internet. Because I
2: finally pissed them off one too many times. They're like, "Really? We suck, huh? We're gonna shut you off at 7:59, <laughs> or I guess that would be 8:59 right. your time, right, Mark? Yeah. yeah so we, yeah. we
0: we've been monitoring your tweets. We know when you do these shows. And guess what? You wanted to be cut <laughs> off. Here you go, buddy. <laughs>
2: All right. Well, surely we have better things to talk about this week, right, Mark?
0: No, I think that's about it. It's been a good show. Uh, so uh, we'll see everybody later.
2: Uh, <laughs> Benjamin, yeah, thanks for getting up all. so early. I appreciate
0: it. Uh, your your contributions have been invaluable. <laughs> it was an honor. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny. I'm going to tell on you a little bit, Benjamin, if you don't mind. Um, okay. I, I was uh, he he was. We, were, we did a test call on Saturday just to make sure everything was okay. He was concerned you might not have enough bandwidth uh, to do the show. By the way, you sound great. You sounded great, Dan. You, you do today, too. Um, and uh, he said, you know, people tune into the show or download the show or whatever to listen to you and Sean talk. So if you'd like, I can keep my comments brief, just one or two sentences here and there, uh, and stay out of your way. And I said, no, 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 you don't understand. You are the show. You're the whole topic. You're the reason we're doing the show. And he said, wow, that's just too much honor. And I thought, do you not know who I am? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just a guy. I'm not even just a guy. I'm just a goofball. But uh, we appreciate the fact that... uh, you're in at least some small way uh, honored to be here. We are, in fact, honored to have you. We, we love our listeners, every one of you. Um, literally, you're the reason we do this. So um, we're glad to have you here. And the fact that you were willing to get up at 2 o'clock in the morning to be on the show, uh, my friend, it is an honor to have you on.
1: Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> well, uh, I'm, I hope I can get, uh, well, um, with the three words of English I'm speaking, I hope I can get uh, any far. In the show, so I'm I'm trying my best there.
0: Well, as I said before, your English is far better than my German. Once you get past Wiener Schnitzel, I'm pretty much done. (laughs) Okay. Knockwurst, that's a german word i think
2: yeah, yeah. i was gonna say is winter schnitzel actually a german word uh,
0: i don't even know that's vienna viennese maybe i don't vienna i don't know vienna sausages i i i got nothing my brain is totally fried tonight i just said that uh that you were in eastern europe and and i see i'm, I'm just done
1: yeah and vienna <laughs> isn't a german city yeah it's uh austria
0: i know that's 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 <laughs> kind of my point i was anyway yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's called humor. I'll be trying some a little later on. Uh, so, okay. <laughs> Benjamin, tell us a little bit about yourself before we go any further. Um, who is Benjamin Hussle and uh, what brings you to the Taiwan Tech?
1: All right. Um, I'm, I'm 33 years old and actually I'm not a computer guy at all. Uh, since I'm, I've studied psychology and now I'm working in a clinic in uh, Frankfurt and I'm specialized in people who are suffering from chronic pain. So in my job, I implemented, uh, or yeah, is this of any interest? I implemented a diagnosis system, uh, since we know uh, that psychological factors are very important to explain why some people get in chronic pain. And so we're searching for those factors. And uh, this may be, for example, uh, addiction to pain medication, or alterations in the nerve systems, um, which make them more sensitive. Behavioral factors are important, like whether somebody is more active or more passive. And uh, there are also interactions with psychological disorders like depression or trauma and um, cognitive processes in general, like somebody's expectancies and pain beliefs, mediate, mediate pain perception, and uh, the general stress level is important, so we give people a good diagnosis of all these factors and lots of information and um, individual advice what they can do. So that's what so I do for a living.
0: An aggressive personality with addictive tendencies—you just described me. Do you know that? So, uh, <laughs> so how does? Um, a a psychologist specializing in addiction behavior or rather pain management behavior come across the tightwad tech and why does he decide to stay
1: yeah that's um i've I've, um, a computer geek since since i'm a little kid um we had our first computer when i was eight years old and uh, later worked in a computer store at the age of 13 and built and assembled computers um, actually to to get enough money to buy my first own computer. And um, yeah, later I just was equally interested in in psychology and literature uh, as I was in in computers. So um, I think at this point I just didn't want to ruin my hobby by making... uh, it uh, my job, so that's maybe why I, I'm now in psychology. But it's still a great hobby, and and I'm I'm doing Linux, and uh, yes, so I searched for a podcast about Linux one day and um, stumbled over EDL, and it was just I found I, I thought it was so funny, so yeah, that's why I'm ending it here.
0: So, so b- what I heard you say is that. Uh... As a psychologist, I found the dysfunctional personality so compelling that I had to continue (laughs) listening. (laughs) By the way, I just now remembered to click click record on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, you just missed about 25 minutes of really nothing important, just me complaining about something. Sorry about that. Um, Right, right. So go go to elementop.com and download the MP3 and, and, and see what you missed. Uh so well like I said Benjamin it's great to have you. Um so you're you're a a, a psychologist. Your your hobby is computers, uh primarily in the desktop realm, right? I'm going to assume you don't have any uh network administration experience. Would that be accurate? Yes, that's accurate. Okay. Uh and so you decided to go to Cbit just because?
1: Yes, uh as a matter of fact, um we um had a a little computer class um, in school. And uh, when I was getting 18, um, we all together um, drove with my car to the seabits, and uh, that could, should have been around 1997 or 1998. And from uh, that time uh, on, I'm going there. uh, Yes nearly yearly
0: to yes because it's just interesting for me all right so it's just sort of a little field trip for you now give us a an overall view of what CBIT is I compared it to the Consumer Electronics Show uh, here in the US which is where manufacturers release the stuff that will be on sale in the future and, and from my gleaning of the English version of the website that's sort of what I got is that is that accurate what what exactly is CBIT
1: yeah, what I found on Wikipedia is uh well Wikipedia even in uh, the US says that it's the world's largest and most international computer expo and uh it's organized by the Deutsche Messe AG. Um it's year, it's a yearly event since uh, 1994 and the peak of its popularity was maybe about uh, 2001. Um as I remember, this should be the dot-com years, I think. Right. So uh, in that year, uh, there were more than 850,000 people on uh, roughly 5 million square feet. Wow. And uh, after, this, after, after that, uh, the visitor numbers decreased again, while there was uh, also a change in the expo's orientation. And uh, as I said, my first year there was 1998, um we had that programming club in school with five members so um yeah that was uh, when we uh got in there and um yeah, that's that's pretty much no. Uh, we we went there because we are um, we we did programming of course in the, in the computer club, but uh, we were uh, very interested in computer games and uh, liked to to have even little uh, network parties at this time. Um, because we, internet was still expensive and we couldn't afford to, to have internet all the time. So we just grabbed our computers at the weekends and got together. And, uh, so we went to the, to the expo to see new games and new graphic cards, new processors, and, uh, like to see all the things. And there were thousands of kids as we were, so they were running around there and that was, uh, i guess quite annoying for the big companies there because <laughs> they couldn't yeah they couldn't sell anything to us so in the years after the organizers step-by-step step made adjustments and the character of the expo changed and home entertainment was even outsourced to separate expo uh, at a different place in one year so uh, this year's expo was uh, from march 5th to march 9th and there were. 4,000 companies from 70 countries and uh, around uh, 300,000 visitors uh, from 120 nations. So that's what I've got from the website. And um, yes, uh, the decrease in the visitors, I think, is conceivably wanted by the organizers since uh, they want they have the, the business people there and not just the kids.
0: Right. So you think they're trying to downplay the consumer end of it. And make it more a business to uh, business conference, mainly, mainly. But they still have uh, consumer halls. But uh,
1: this changed a little bit. So there was, um, there were over a total of sixteen halls uh, this year. And in two, they had um, the the so called CBIT Home, I think, or CBIT Life. And uh, this is yes for for com- for computer addicted kids. I think they have uh, they. <laughs> have something they call the Intel Extreme Masters, where they're playing uh, on big screens, uh, games like Counter-Strike or StarCraft and all that. And uh, they have uh, kids uh, sitting uh, in the audience and and uh, having uh, commenta- commentators who are commenting what's going on the screen and well, it's um, it's it, uh, it's it reeks of fat in these holes and uh, it's it's disgusting. Um, i I'm not I, I don't like to be there anymore. And it's very no- noisy and very loud. Yeah, well, it's, really? it's not, fat, not
2: fat tech guys. Really? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that they're, is they're, crazy. They're grown up tech guys as well, so um, my favorite.
0: I'm not My sure fa- I've ever seen a fat tech. That's uh that's that's news to me that uh, this happens no, no. that uh, that people mm-hmm. who are into computers can off also be overweight.
1: Uh, of course, no no, but but uh what I wanted to say was that it rigged of fat in there like <laughs> yeah, like I you know, know. I know. Okay.
2: Uh, say yeah, they're making
1: sausages in the halls,
2: right. you know. Okay. <laughs> you know why? Because all those fat guys got together and they got excited <laughs> playing Starcraft. <laughs> so just for
0: the record, Benjamin isn't being insensitive. Sean and I are. You know, he's yes, he's yes. being quite polite and trying to uh, uh, keep the tone above board. But we're taking it right down uh, to the base level.
2: Oh, come on. We're, we're fulfilling the image. We have to be the, the average rude <laughs> Americans that, that um, we are. <laughs> So you mentioned something, and I'm curious. This
0: is a total diversion, but since I have a, a bona fide European on, um, you you mentioned internet access being expensive. You you just heard me uh, whine about my internet company. What what is the buying model for uh, for internet there? Here, typically, you purchase a uh, an unlimited plan uh you can uh you your your speed is tiered so you buy uh, a certain amount of bandwidth and you can just use it forever uh occasionally a company will impose a cap or whatever but your price remains the same i'm as the way i understand it in most of the world that is not the model what what is it like uh for your bandwidth uh, purchasing How, how does that work for you
1: Yes, it's the same here. Um, we call it uh, flat rate because we have uh, uh, stupid English words for everything. So, what you call a mobile is a handy over here, and nobody understands it. Uh, if you if you <laughs> if you say I'm using my handy, nobody knows what it is in England, for example. And uh, you, so uh, you'd
2: get some strange looks in, <laughs> in the United States. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. All right. So. so. Um, so it, we, we it's called flat rate over here, okay. but it means exactly what you're saying. We have the the bandwidth and uh, may use it um, as we want. So, um, in we have we we're talking in Germany about the DSL coverage or the 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 broadband coverage, and we have no problems with both broadband in big cities. There, I think it's it's the same as, as in Atlanta or where you live. But if you're getting out of the bigger cities into smaller villages where air is better and there's lower noise and, um, and, and lower pollution, there also the uh, coverage with broadband is, is uh, not as good. So I'm suffering from that right
0: now. Yeah, it's, it's the eternal quest. Do you want bandwidth or do you want to breathe? Because uh, you can't have both. Uh. As as we often say, our our co-host on the the Everyday uh, Linux podcast, Seth, he uh, his bandwidth uh, roughly resembles two tin cans and a string, uh, but he lives out in a rural area, so he has to he literally drives an hour in to a larger city just to do the show every week. That's how dedicated he is. Um,
1: yes, actually, I'm living uh, right outside from Frankfurt right now and last year or six months ago i still lived in frankfurt so um then they decided to have a new um from the airport you know where where the airplanes are landing this this runway they had a new runway and um, this this runway the 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 airplane started to to um descend right over my head so that was the point when i couldn't stand it anymore
0: (laughs) that was good enough huh All right, so uh, back to the to the conference. You sent me uh, a, a number of videos that you had taken with your handy, I believe, um, and there were some interesting things. Unfortunately, nobody was speaking English, and since I don't speak German, I couldn't understand much of what was going on. But one of the most interesting things that got my attention was a, a large, transparent, gesture-oriented uh, display. So right right out of the Minority Report movie with, with Tom Cruise. Um, tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yes, I've seen that at the stand of Telecom. And uh, I didn't really, I, I don't really think that they um, wanted to, to sell something on that. I just uh, made the video because uh, I thought you, you were ranting about Matrix, as I remember once, or about this input type so i thought this uh, would be interesting for you and what they did there was that they they had this big screen and uh, a woman stand on the one side of the screen with somebody from the audience and um, they talked to a guy on the other side and uh, who was i think standing maybe on his side on the screen like that and they could really interact like they were standing um, right in front of each other and uh, like they would have a layer of um yes com- computer or augmented reality in between where they could assemble a car so the 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 guy from the audience was uh, able to to um yeah, to to pick the wheels he wanted or uh, to pick parts of the car and um after he was ready they um uh also printed it in 3D and gave it to him so this was a, a funny event there
0: So that that's totally something Tony Stark would do in the Avengers movie right they're on the on the bridge of of the ship he and and the, and the incredible hulks on the other side of this display screen and they're moving things around um that's that's kind of fascinating that somebody actually figured out a way to at least make it look like that yeah you, you have to wonder if it would really work uh or if it only works in that carefully uh scripted display but uh uh, I think I found that fascinating for a couple of reasons. One that you know, obviously the technology is pretty cool there—that you have this transparent medium with an image being uh, um, projected onto it that you could interact with in a physical way. Uh, you know, the the geek in me said, "Wow, that's really cool," and then the pragmatist in me said, "That's also kind of stupid. Why would anybody ever do that? What good is it?" Um, so that's that's why it, it caught my attention. And uh, so it, it sounds like you you kind of felt it. Was fairly useless, but also just a neat show, right?
1: Uh, at least I thought it was the most useful uh, thing I I could imagine to do with the Matrix input style. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but it was pretty, and that's the important thing. So, yeah. uh, so what did you see at Night Cbit? Catcher. Yeah, what did you see at Cbit that you thought was useful? Something that uh, that maybe we should look for in the future.
1: Yes, what I thought was uh, pretty useful. Um, was uh, what I've seen at, uh, at the stand of the Deutsches Bundesinstitut für Bildung und Forschung, which means something like the German Federal Institute for Education and Research. And uh, there, um, a young doctor showed um, augmented reality. And that means um, he had glasses uh, cl- on or glasses. And um, uh, in these glasses, there were um, uh, things Um, projected. So um, maybe you can think like it was a transparent display, um, like, like Google glasses, for example. And um, when he had them on, he could look at at an electric device and um, tasks he could perform were integrated in his uh, field of vision. So he could see where he had to push a button or Uh, take out a fuse or screw in a screw, for example. And um, the device was always uh, also um, able to to recognize when he completed the task. So um, when he moved his hand, for example, in the right direction, Um, it got in his view, uh, greener and greener. And when he put out the the fuse, for example, uh, then uh, there was uh, something like an okay maybe was displayed. So and the next task was was, uh, also displayed when he was when it when it when he finished what he uh, did before. And so he will, had a manual projected in his field of vision um, and um, he could he could complete a, a complete uh, procedure, maybe to maybe for fixing something. And um, what was uh, that was, uh, as uh, the doctor explained, nothing new. But what really new was the fact that they created a the software. Um, which is able to create manuals by watching professionals performing a task. So if somebody has, uh, takes on the glasses and um, uh, the, the software starts recording what he is doing, and there are e- uh, even algorithms who, who are able to separate what's important and what's not so important. And um, after he's finished completing the task, um with uh, a little hand adjustment you have a, a, a finished manual um of how to fix a computer or how
0: to fix uh,
1: whatever so this this was very fascinating to
0: see right i, I read that uh, the abstract about that so it's a fascinating uh concept of so a uh, a surgeon could put on the glasses and remove somebody's appendix and the system would record that um and recognize the difference between the doctor uh, cutting a vein and sewing it and the doctor reaching up to rub his nose because it itched and could could rule that out. It could make intelligent decisions about what actions were important and what weren't and then could play that back um, to, a, to a novice surgeon to say, now do this cut here and once it saw that the cut was done it would give him a you know an okay a green light a, a move on and so it's it's a way of having a, a a master of some complex task available to show a novice at that same task um, and that that's a fascinating uh technology uh, did they give any indication of of how ready it was for production is it is it still a prototype is this what we could do or is this you know something we'll be selling next year or what i i don't
1: know that um that it was uh, then uh, uh, an education institute or research institute so um i think well i i expect that this is something like we could expect in the future but um, I think that it's a matter of years okay. to, to see this. It was a prototype. It was maybe maybe somebody who was uh, making his stock about it.
0: And that's the sort of thing that uh, I mean, really I mean if you think about it and, and consider the implications. Sure, it's a prototype now, but that could could literally be world changing. In a few years, once they once the 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 technology is proven and, and works, and and the, the, you know, it's it's not quite Neo in the Matrix saying, "I need to to learn how to fly a helicopter." Okay, now I know how to do it, but it's darn close, right? To to be able to um, learn the skills of somebody who took years developing those skills, and maybe not understand what you're doing, but be able to mimic them um it's it's the 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 possibilities are fairly staggering
1: yeah i think so it's it's very um fascinating and i think it's very helpful
2: uh now uh benjamin i want to uh kind of move on to another question and something that uh, just kind of came up to me uh here recently what i think it was February, right, Mark, that uh, CES in Las Vegas happened here in the States? Uh, end of January, early February, I believe, yes. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, of course, that's that's more uh, geared toward the consumer. Uh, and the big sort of thing, the, the, the big, uh, wow, this is what's coming – uh, that came out of CES was uh, all of these uh, curved glass displays, bendable glass, things like that. All these new things that they're doing with display technology. Uh, did you see anything like that out there, or did they stay away from that? Um,
1: I, I didn't quite understand. What do you mean?
2: Well. Um, like, oh, you mean uh, bendable displays? Primarily, displays. they were dealing with cell phones, but you know, mobile yeah, phones, but uh, uh, was, you know, curved glass and curved displays and bendable displays yes. and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. where they're really going with display technology. And that seemed to be one of the really hot items or hot topics of CES in, in Vegas this year. Uh, did you see anything like that there? Uh,
1: no, I didn't see anything like that.
2: Yeah, I, I looked at the website and I didn't see anything. So I, I thought it was interesting. Uh, that, you know, that's such a hot consumer item, but uh, doesn't seem like they're coming up with any real uh, hot business applications for that. And moving right along. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think we actually just lost the connection, so...
2: Ah, uh, we'll, okay, yeah. Uh, he's well, not, yeah. he's uh, not
0: ignoring you. He'd, uh, he He had to
2: jump in there and...
0: <laughs> dead air. It's dead air. Um, so um sean what do you think about uh the 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 tutor glasses i'm calling them what what? am i overly pie in the sky about that i see that as just being amazing
2: well i mean it, it certainly I, I do agree with you there i i, I think ultimately and you know I, I always have to go back to like the ray Kurzweil stuff right i'm a I'm big ray Kurzweil fanboy and uh i think we do end up where the matrix was. Um, and I've talked with educators about this cause I really, you know, uh, most educators, if they're not real tech savvy, don't quite see where things are going. Uh, and I do think that, you know, it's a possibility and it, you know, it might be 50 years from now, but where we end up with that kind of capability, you know, we have these, uh, some sort of chips or something that could literally be embedded, uh, physiologically, uh, and, where we are able to just download those programs, right? And so what does that do for education at that point? And I think this kind of brings up that same point. Uh, What does that do for education if you really, you know, if at the very least it streamlines the process for learning complex tasks like that? Uh, Does that mean that I can go and, you know, uh, I can't afford an expensive surgery, but I can download this program and practice for a week and take out my (laughs) wife's appendix? Uh, I, you know, that that's obviously extreme, but uh, it, it, when you start thinking of the possibilities, yeah, it's exciting. I, I agree with you. Of course, somewhere
0: there's a teachers union member uh, getting ready to ban this because it'll put teachers out of work.
2: Yeah, I think that's the one thing, you know, overall, and that is the one place where, you know, I, I, I start to sort of uh, diverge from uh, Ray Kurzweil in that he doesn't, seem to take into account the fact that, uh, uh, we can be pretty, you know, old school when it comes to these things. And we, you know, we, we, we have that large portion of the population that sees it as the devil or, uh, you know, something like that. And so we, we fight it tooth and nail and actually slow the progress down, uh, on purpose. Uh, you know, and it's like a new generation has to come along before we'll accept it. So, Uh, you know, when he talks about exponential growth of things, of computing power and storage and everything else, I just am not sure that we as human beings will be able to keep up. Because you get a bunch of
0: old guys like me, what pining for the way things used to be and whining about everything that's new.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And just like you said, you know, you've got that, that union rep that says, well, we won't have teachers anymore. There'll be all these people out of work. And, you know, we know from history that that's not true. Those people will have jobs. They will just be different jobs right
0: uh so welcome back benjamin uh, the the internet grim ones uh have been beaten back for a moment um i, I know we we've been going a while now we're we're coming up on uh 50 minutes or so and so i want to give you an opportunity to just say uh anything the mic is yours whether it's be about cbit or about technology or anything what would you like to to speak about or ask about there's there's no pressure now it's all on you okay Okay
1: um well i think um maybe what's um the the big thing or what was interesting for me um, in the most part in the CBIT was uh, all the things about um pattern recognition that means um um how computers are able to 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 find patterns like to to be able to interact with the environment, so sensory, and uh, I think this is the the big um, theme um, which which most researchers, at least at CBIT, um are um, are dealing with. And I think um, this uh, that's important in uh, technology for for everything. What's what's uh, still coming up. So um, we have um, Google. Um, going around with the Google glasses that means augmented reality that's uh, where maybe you you can walk around cities and uh, see all these these big churches and um, the glass recognizes it and is able to display information about in there. And uh, I think this this is the 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 technology um, well, which which is uh, um, in the moment in the development. And there are not just um, patterns to be recognized in the environment, but also patterns in data. So the, the big buzzword of this year's CBIT, um, was uh, big data. And uh, this is um, all about uh, just-in-time um Interpreting data, which is um, which 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 comes along with the internet traffic. So, um, there um, they 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 are working on concepts how to to um, yes how to to operationalize things like um, um, if you if you have questions about the um, about things um, people want and people don't want. Um, you, you need to have algorithms who are able to, to um, yeah, search these traffic about for passwords for or for sentences and um, are even are, are actually able to understand them. So this comes down to algorithms who are able in some way to, to recognize patterns as well. So as f- far as I understood it, I think this is the, the big theme for mm-hmm. the future.
0: Yeah, that's what uh, IBM here in the U.S. is really working hard on with the, with their Watson project. You know, uh, famously, it, it went on Jeopardy and beat uh, the the masters of the of the game. But really, what it's all about is gathering data and assisting in making decisions about it. One of the things that they're really working on is is using it in the medical field to gather um, diagnosis data and complaint data and and test data and co- and help the doctors come up with. Uh, a diagnosis so you feed everything you know about the patient into watson it cranks on it a little while compares it to everybody else who's got similar information and says well it most likely is x with an 89 percent probability this person has you know crohn's disease um and and i think that's right now it takes uh you know a supercomputer the size of a small basement but you know give it a few years and that'll be in your iphone
1: Yes, and and that's also a problem they dealt with, because um, there are concepts um, that um, make uh, that that solve the problem of the the huge uh, calculation power that you need. Um, if you think about the SATI at Home project, um, there they have. Um, they have the task that they want to search um, for extraterrestrial life signs in the spaces noise floor. And actually, everybody can be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a website where you can um, subscribe or sign in. And then you're getting um, from uh, a big server, a small chunk of this data and your computer processes it in the background. And when it's finished, it's uh, given back to the server. So. Um, this could be concepts which, or these are concepts which are,
0: um, as designed to to solve the problem with the with the calculation power. Right. Just uh, I want to take umbrage with one thing you said there. Uh, it's not in the background. If you've ever tried to run that thing, your CPU heats up and the fans kick on and the lights dim. It's it is computationally advanced. Uh, I don't think background is the proper word. I I, I ran it. Uh, uh, for a while, you know, they, they, uh, originally it was a screensaver. I don't know if that's still how they deliver it. So when your machine was quote idle, when you weren't doing anything, and screensaver kicked on, this program would kick in. But it would use every bit of the processor um, to to break down those big numbers. Which is, you know, uh, that's also sort of what's going on in that the phenomenon of Bitcoin out there. All these people pooling together their processors to work on complex mathematics. Um, it's an it's an interesting. Uh, New field. It's uh, you know, we went from the supercomputers down to the pocket computers and now we're pooling together the pocket computers to make supercomputers again That's it So let me ask you a question. This is a this is a difficult one I'm sure that just uh, came off the the top of my head Uh, uh, Combining your two loves there of technology and psychology What would it be possible? And, of course, there's no answer to this question, but it's something to think about. Would it be possible? So, so let's say we stipulate that eventually we will map out the human brain. We will be able to recreate the chemical reactions and the and the neuronic the neuron processes that go on in the, in the human brain. Once we have a human brain, will we have a human mind? Because you as a psychologist know there's a very big difference between the 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 three pound organism that is the brain. And the complex collection of interactions that is the mind.
1: Yeah, I think this is a, a very um, a good question and a, a question which um, which um, deals with a very, 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 very far future. And I think uh, we will um, will come um, around things on the way to to this uh, utopia. Uh, which which um, will um, will um, alternate the, the the view we're having on it right now but um, uh, we have to see that uh, the human brain uh, brain is the most complexest thing that uh, we 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 ever researched so um, as, as I remember, a professor once told me that it's more complex than all the models we have of the universe, all the models we have of the weather. And, um, so there are more parameters we have to deal with there. So, um, if you see, we, we are now able to, to forecast the weather for one day and uh, for three days, it's getting, um, quite, um, unreliable for seven days, even more right so uh, you can see how unreliable it would be to to have a prediction of what the brain does so um we 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 of course we mimic the things our these algorithms mimic things that we think we know about the brain and maybe it's it's like uh, it's it's not even that far but um also, if you see our airplanes our aeroplanes are mimic the, the way birds work. and if you see how, how uh, beautiful and how, how uh, wonderful uh, the, the, the wings of a bird are uh, in comparison about these stiff wings of, of, the, of, of an aeroplane which are just work with raw power, um, th- you can see the difference between technology and nature
0: right. And of course, I'm going to get all religious on just a little bit. Um, I still can't accept the fact that that was all a mistake. Random chemicals coming together created that. Uh, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. I just, uh, as you were as you were being so poetic about the beauty of nature and the complexity of the mind, the uh, frankly ludicrous concept that it could all be a, a cosmic soup accident came to mind. Okay.
1: Uh, you're talking about the soul now and and uh, right. transcendent things okay yes of course um yeah I, yeah it comes down to to believing or not i think
0: anyway so uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't i didn't mean to go off the deep end there but uh uh it okay. was it was a concept it was a deep thought that got me thinking deep and and that's never a good thing so I'm going to ask you as is my custom when we do an interview if you had um, one thought one uh, idea one main concept if nobody heard anything else in this show but the next two minutes what would you want the the listeners of this show to walk away with
1: oh I don't know Um, I
0: don't know (laughs) what can I say Oh come on you had to know that was coming I've asked that question of everybody who's been on the show before Yeah I,
1: I can I can say I I wanted to give a user tip maybe
2: <laughs> Oh that would be good yeah Cuz okay. I don't have one this week
0: <laughs> All right what is our yeah. our CPIT tip of the week What what do you got it's
1: actually not a Ceberat tip it's a tip um about Linux because I like Linux and I want to have Linux be on all desktops and I think the uh the the uh, the problem for Linux not being on desktops is about gaming and so I was quite happy to hear that Steam uh, was going to have uh, this it's a client for for Linux and uh I'm I'm using uh, I, I'm liking very much the Humble bundles and the games which are bundled within there and on CBIT I learned that a big uh, German company uh, is also uh, moving its business software onto Linux actually its database and uh, once in five years uh, its customers which are small to, to, to big companies to move completely away from Windows into Linux so I think there there is a big um, Move going on, and uh, so since I'm a gamer, um, I have two games which I'm playing most uh, right now, and uh, the one and they both run run on Linux, and one of them is called The Legend of Grimrock, um, which um, is uh, I like very much. It's uh, they call it a dungeon crawler, which I don't know it's whether it's an English word or it's an English word like handy, and. Um, <laughs> Okay. And it's it's game like if you maybe know dungeon master mm-hmm. and um yeah you you're crawling you you're you're playing for prisoners who are being thrown in a dungeon at the top of a mountain and that's the mountain of Grimrock and you have to move down level by level in this mountain and there are at least i think 15 levels um and uh, if you re- if you manage it to get down and get uh, away from all the monsters, uh, um, then you're free again. And uh, you- on the way, you have to solve puzzles and mix potions and find secrets. And, yeah, that's great fun. And it's, uh, uh, it's absolutely cheap. And as I said, it's runnable under Linux.
0: I just so. Googled some images for Legend of Grimrock. It's kind of creepy artwork it's yeah it's very it reminds me of the early uh doom game in a lot of ways Yeah,
1: well, I, I i wasn't afraid when i played it so. <laughs> yeah,
0: okay <laughs> i didn't say it was scary i just said it's a little creepy it's a uh yeah. it's it's that dark yeah it's that fantasy dungeon sort of thing demons and absolutely absolutely and, and, that's absolutely.
1: and if you if you're more into uh, um into space then uh, I've got another game I, I'd like to, to uh, well, I, I can offer for, for if you like. So it's called the uh, Faster Than Light FTL game. If you Google for FTL game, you should find it. And there uh, you're playing like... Uh, uh, um, a captain on a on a on a spacecraft, and you have to, to move around uh, the, the uh, your your guys who who, who are on the ba- spacecraft, and you have to manage the the systems, and actually you have to to go from one uh, side of the sector to the other side to provide an information, and uh, on the way you have to uh, um, have fights and and uh, boost up your your um,
0: spacecraft, and that's great fun as well, and. Cheap and runnable under Linux. Excellent. Uh, we have a question from the chat room. Travmon would like to know what's your favorite uh, Linux distribution.
1: I'm using Ubuntu, Darn. but I'm I don't like it anymore. <laughs> as much.
0: <laughs> and no, Unity ruined it. It really did.
1: No, it's not because of Unity. Actually, I like Unity, um, but uh, I don't like the 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 proprietary way they are moving uh. to. And canonical.
0: I'm still going to blame Unity. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, you're, you're right. They are um, moving more and more to a business-like structure. Obviously, it will never be completely closed because it's based on, on the Linux kernel. But uh, um, they are they are trying to close in the ranks. And as I've said many times, they're trying to make it the tablet OS of the future.
1: Yes, and I, I want to have my things when I and, and I want to do with with uh, my data what I want to do. I don't want to have DRM or Steam in the system or Amazon or Google.
0: Yeah, I want to be the the man who who's in charge. All right. Well, uh, Benjamin, it has been awesome to have you on. Uh, the next time you are uh, dealing with a bout of insomnia and just feel like getting up at two o'clock in the morning, let us know, and uh, maybe you can come on again. Uh so we we really appreciate you being with us and um any last words before we say goodnight? Uh I've
1: got no more words uh, other than it was great fun for me as well and uh I hope Sean is still uh, available to to have his uh signing off and his <laughs> his <laughs>
2: Yeah, I've been kind of sitting off on the sidelines on this one, but uh, I've been listening intently. Actually, I've been kind of an active uh, listener uh, this week. It's been great stuff. And Benjamin, it's it. Mark and I talk about this all the time, and I really haven't done a a, a good enough job of uh, uh, lining up guests. We used to have guests uh, quite frequently, and uh, it's been refreshing. One, you've been a wonderful guest, and it's been uh, very nice to uh, have another person on the show with us.
1: Yeah, thank, thank you very much. It was fun.
0: I liked it a lot. And your English is fantastic. Never worry about it again. You speak better oh, English you. than Sean does.
2: Uh, ich bin ein Berliner. That's, that's <laughs> all I know.
0: <laughs> Doesn't that mean I'm a jelly donut or something like that? Um, anyway, um, I, I got nothing else. Sean, what do you have to say?
2: Uh, y- you know what? As always, I mean, uh, what, 129 in a row now. Great show.
0: Right. Actually, Thank more you. than that, because <laughs> we had a several
2: point five. That's true. That is true, time. yes. Anyway. I waited for that.
0: <laughs> uh, having had the blessing of the great Sean, there's nothing more to say, but uh, this is Mark signing off. This is
2: Benjamin signing off. And Sean signing off.